Today on the Tech Bytes podcast from the Packet Pushers, we're speaking with sponsor Palo Alto Networks on the branch of the future. Now, in 2023, the lines between WAN brand security and WAN security, remote users and zero trust, all of that stuff that we once thought of as just outside of the office is now actually increasingly and becoming very blurry and very hard to delineate as separate thinks. A WAN was once a WAN, the branch was once a branch. And now what we're seeing is all of this is converging into a single thing, even things like remote access. And now we're adding zero trust. And that's not surprising when you consider that an SD-WAN edge device is a stateful flow-oriented device that can perform application identification. It's fairly obvious that security isn't too much of a jump. And it's also fairly obvious that all of a sudden you can start to increasingly add the whole branch LAN in. And if you can accept those ideas, then what is the branch of the future going to look like? And in today's show, we are talking to Shankar Ramachandran, who is the Director of Product Managing from Palo Alto Networks on this topic. Shankar, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's get straight into it. The, the I think where I want to initially start the conversation is about requirements. What's changing and what are the trends in the, the way today's branches are shifting into the future? We are basically seeing three broad trends um, from a from an environment point of view. The first thing is essentially when you talk about employees, the entire fact that we now have a hybrid workforce. Um, you have some employees coming in for some days of the week. They're predominantly collaborating over video. Uh, one doesn't know how much bandwidth consumption is going to be happening in the branch. Mm. Uh, network admins need to think about, hey, uh, do I have the branch properly sized? Am I going to be over consuming? Am I going to be under consuming? The second broad trend is around cloud adoption. It kind of goes synonymous with the term that people use with regards to digitization of the branch. Uh, you no longer have applications just residing in the data center. You have applications residing in the cloud. You have SaaS applications. You have folks accessing applications via the internet. Mm -hmm. And the third aspect of it is, uh, and it's been around for some time, uh, you always had badge readers, you always had temperature sensors, you always had uh, uh, cameras in the branch. Uh, mm. Now we are talking about a scenario where you need to start talking about security, not only for or zero trust network access, not only for applications, for users, but also things. Um, there's a report that said that there are going to be 18 billion devices sitting in the branch. Mm. Um, that's maybe 4x, 5x of the number of users that could be sitting in the branch by the year 2030. But that's uh, that. Now, the interesting thing about that is when I first thought of that, I thought, you know, oh, there's going to be an application in head office that's going to start monitoring the air conditioning in the branches. That's not what's going to happen. It's the air conditioning is going to be monitored by a sub a, a company that you're paying to do that, or the security system is rented as a SaaS service from some off-prem, and they want access to the internet, and you need to control that so that if those devices are compromised or if they're using too much bandwidth, you need to control all of that. That's that's the thrust, though, isn't it? You're absolutely right there, and and mm. not only that, we had an internal study at Palo Alto Networks Unit 42 IoT report. Uh, not only do you need to con control that, but we also found out that, um, again, some numbers that I'm throwing out there, 57% of those IoT devices are vulnerable. They're vulnerable because they're running, um, they're essentially having traffic that's basically unencrypted. Mm -hmm. They're vulnerable because 83% of those connected devices are running an unsupported OS. Um, I have no idea on what those devices are. I need to have visibility of those. 
And I actually mm. need to start defining policies in terms of what um, those devices can have access to. You can control Windows XP on your desktops, but you can't on the air conditioning or the security system, which might be running you know, on a Raspberry Pi with a 10-year-old Linux distro or something like that. Correct. I need mm. to know exactly. I mean, that's not even a scalable model. And mm. why would I even want an appliance that's running an agent out there? I would rather leverage the existing resources. Every time I deploy an appliance in a branch, I'm actually talking of the cost of the appliance. Mm -hmm. I'm talking the cost to manage it. I'm talking about the cost of a truck roll. I mean, that's the biggest cost out there. Mm. I truck that's roll the biggest direct appliance. cost. That's the biggest direct cost is, is truck rolls. Truck, but the secondary yes. cost is, you know, like if there's a vulnerability and somebody like Target five to seven years ago when somebody came in through the air conditioning system and then hijacked all of the the credit all the credit card things and stole a whole bunch of money from them and then the brand damage and you know, indirect costs are, are much higher usually you're absolutely right there mm. so it's it's more than just securing apps and users it's securing apps users and things and that's that's something fundamental in terms of what we see at least one of the fundamental pillars in terms of what we see in terms of our future solution mm. that we're considering and a lot of that traffic's still just unencrypted. So if I'm a particularly motivated hacker, you know, or cracker, then the real story there is that uh, you know you can actually try and get data from that. If you can get into the feed, you can start to see things. But I, I think also the thing here is that a lot of IT teams are having not so much less time to do work. They've just got more devices. Like when I was managing networks 20 years ago, a network with 30 or 40 routers in the WAN and a data center with 10, 15 switches, you know, and a campus with, you know, maybe a few hundred devices was thought of as big. With this, you're now talking about, you know, networks that go from 20,000 users go to hundreds of thousands of endpoints. And there's just this massive transition. And then that leads to the natural thing in terms of what all network admins should look at. I mean, if I am a lean IT team, um, I want to be basically looking at consolidation of appliances in the branch. I mm. want to be looking at, hey, what services could I be offering for the cloud? Does, does mm. it make sense for me to deploy a security appliance? Is it better for me, from a, or is it scalable for me in terms of having that, that, that cloud security um, getting offered? Um, it doesn't matter whether my number of employees increase from 10,000 to 20,000. Um, mm. I can easily scale when that solution is offered in the cloud. Well, I think it's not so much, I think scaling is one side of it. Like if you're going to have an unknown number of devices on your network or uh, one of the things we've talked about with Palo Alto Networks over the time is your approach to SD-WAN, which says we just um, say there's a subscription license for all the bandwidth across all of your nodes. And maybe this branch over here is running at 100 megs today, but over next week it's going to run at a gig because there's a special event. You shouldn't have to go and buy a device that handles a gig. You should be able to say, I've got 100 devices on my network. That's another way of handing flexibility. But I was more thinking about automation and orchestration, the ability to say, I recognize this device as something that's unsafe. I need to put it in a segment, uh, you know, some sort of micro segment to keep it safe and stop it communicating with anything but its intended destination. And the, the first step for it is the visibility aspect of it. I need to be able to recognize what are the devices sitting in the branch out there. I need to be able to send that information. Then I need to group it in the appropriate uh, segmentation or whatever you would want to group it as, and then apply mm. the security policies to it. So the so the the fundamental starting point is how do I get that initial visibility? Yeah. Um, how do I get that information coming from the branch? 
and you don't want to go out on site with a packet sniffer and try and find it <laughs> and manually write and manually write a rule. You need to be able to do it from head office. Yes. Yes. So can you talk about how you get that visibility then with, with how, how does SD-WAN or, or Securica Services Edge tie into visibility? So the, the first thing that we, from an overall solution point of view that we're trying to do is incorporate the assets that we already have there. Uh, and the first step with regards to the IoT devices, at least, is to make sure that the sensor that we have there in terms of getting that visibility information is residing on that one appliance or the SD-WAN appliance box or uh, appliance that we have in the branch. Mm -hmm. um, uh, how am I getting that visibility? Hey, can I send the DHCP or the, uh, or the ARP information in a secure fashion to Prisma Access? Uh, Prisma Access then basically, which is our cloud security solution, mm -hmm. then appropriately groups it uh, and then uh, does its magic. Uh, and the magic is essentially, hey, what's the security policy that can be applied out there? Can this device be actually be talking to this particular app? Um, is someone else sitting in some other user group trying to have access to that particular device? Uh, should they be allowed to do so? Uh, and that's the that's the broad principles on which Prisma Access is based on, which mm. is essentially making sure that you have uh, least privilege access mm. and making sure that only the right people or things are getting access to the right information and assets. I think in marketing terms, you call this over at Palo Alto Networks, you call this the app-defined fabric. You don't see the network as a group of packets or even as a group of flows. You see it as a group of apps and each app has a control and you apply rules according to the application, not to the packets. The foundational principle of our app-defined fabric is essentially saying that, okay, in today's day and age, uh, we need to have a direct-to-app architecture. Gone are the days mm -hmm. when you basically said... Uh, a fabric was based on network principles. You need to have mm. policies that are running out there, which are more than just network principles of latency, loss, and jitter. Mm. You need to start considering things like, hey, um, I mean, you're talking about application access. Hey, uh, what's my application uh, round trip time? What's my server response time? Um, am I looking at, when I'm talking to you, am I looking at the MOS core? What's the codec that I'm using? Can I define app policies based on that? Um, what's the right path when I define those app policies? So um, that's that's the foundational principle of that uh, of, mm. of our overall solution. And what that yeah, essentially but that's key means, to your that's key to your automation is that you say I want to control this app. I don't have to go and identify its IP address or its source or it's a VLAN or you know and the IP addresses of it. I can just say I want this application to be defined as this. I want this control or I want this traffic policy or I want this security policy applied to it. I think that's we don't under, I think we underestimate that in terms of how that then extends into zero trust, but also in terms of operational advantage. And the, the key thing for us from an overall solution point of view is both our networking policies as well as our security policies are based on the same policy constructs, which are essentially three. Mm. App ID, user ID, device ID. Which yeah. user wants access to what particular app? Which user wants access to which particular device? Which device wants access to what particular app? Uh, and essentially, that fundamentally allows us to make sure that when we are collecting information and mm -hmm. which we are reporting as part of our dashboards, mm -hmm. uh, we are able to do so in a consistent manner. Uh, we are the only vendor out there who basically has consistent policy constructs for both network and security from a SASE solution point of view. Right. So you're collecting uh, a significant amount of data, uh, probably too much for you know a person or a team of 
people to parse and, and find actionable information from? Is there an AI or ML uh, aspect to this as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, when you talk about the data that we collect, we are basically collecting data across users, branch. We are collecting real-time traffic. We have capabilities that basically even collect synthetic traffic information, um, network information, security information. All of this is basically sitting in a single data lake. The data is complete for us. The data is consistent. And the data is correct across both our networking constructs, which is Prisma SD-1, and, and security construct, which is Prisma Access. And once we collect the data, then it gets into the, the rules of, hey, uh, uh, am I seeing there's a particular issue? What's the root cause of that issue? How am I able to correlate information? And that's where a lot of AI ML comes into play. Uh, we are able to proactively tell, uh, tell our network admins, hey, there is a particular issue. And this is the root cause because we are able to correlate information out there. Mm. We are able to then provide them uh, remediations or guided remediations. So uh, a lot of this is possible only because of the power of data science with our AI ML engine in it. And I think that's also part of the zero trust um, change that we're seeing as well, because a branch isn't necessarily you know, a piece of real estate rented or under lease. It's also now the home office or the coffee shop. I, I, I like to think of the branch as a coffee shop sometimes, you know, or a plane or, you know, the lounge at an airport if you're that way inclined. And that means that zero trust now becomes part of an SD-WAN. You shouldn't have to have one solution for remote access and another one for SD-WAN. They should converge, do you think? Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, the foundational principles are exactly the same. How does a user mm-hmm. get access to an application? And how are we able to provide a solution in a secure fashion? The user could be, as you said, in a coffee shop, in a flight, at home, even mm-hmm. in the branch. How are we making sure that our overall solution is consistent? How are we making sure that there's consistent policies that are applied, there's consistent data that's reflected? And mm-hmm. uh, most importantly, how are we making sure that the admins are able to know exactly what's happening? Where yeah. is the user sitting? It's one of the interesting parts of SD-WAN is once you create an encrypted connection, it just becomes like a remote access VPN and that all that traffic starts to approximate each other. And so it became very easy for SD-WAN providers to add single user branch like or a single user remote access as part of the SD-WAN and then bind it into SASE as well. So you just VPN in and that's a cloud hosted service from Palo Alto Networks, if I remember right. Prisma Access is indeed mm-hmm. a cloud hosted service. Uh, mm. with the ability to scale irrespective of where the user is sitting in. They could be sitting in the U.S. or they could mm-hmm. be sitting in some remote town in uh, in a country in the African continent. Um, <laughs> you will basically be talking to your lo- uh, closest Prisma Access node. Mm. And uh, the foundational principles of uh, of our Zitna 2.0 take effect. Yeah. So, so I, one I, thing... I think... Sorry, Greg. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. One thing about SD-WAN is its uh, capability to measure application performance and obviously make uh, you know traffic decisions on, on that application performance. Can uh, I think I also understand that uh, Palo Alto Networks can now bring this directly to the end user, which I think is relevant given that folks are operating in a hybrid work environment now, sometimes in an office, sometimes at home, sometimes in a coffee shop or whatever. So our ADEM functionality uh, can be both sitting in a appliance in the branch or could be sitting on the GP client that's residing on a person's laptop. And and what that basically helps is, uh, helps troubleshoot whether are you having, I mean, at the end of the day, it basically 
is addressing a single goal, which is user to application access. Um, is there an issue on the local LAN? Is that the reason that you're not able to access? Uh, uh, is your CPU utilization on your laptop too high? Um, mm. Provide segment-wise insights from the place where you're accessing to the actual application. Um, is the application reachable? These are all very fundamental aspects that the ADEM functionality is able to offer, both for a, what we would call a remote worker or for a, a branch user. That's all we've got time for today. This was a really short tech bite, just trying to get you enough information on Palo Alto Networks and about the branch of the future. Thanks so much to Shankar for coming on the show and talking with us. If you'd like more information, don't hesitate to go over to the Packet Pushers website and check out the show notes associated with this. In particular, we want to draw your attention to an exclusive virtual on-demand event where Palo Alto Networks partnered with SDX Central to showcase a whole bunch of features and have a lot of conversations with practitioners and analysts on this topic. So there's a lot more content out there. If you wanted to find out more, we also have a lot of podcasts that we've done with Palo Alto, who've been a repeat sponsor, a repeat supporter of the Packet Pushers. Just do a search for Palo Alto Networks on our website and you'll find a whole bunch of podcasts there talking about and diving into almost all of the topics that we talked today in much more detail. And of course, when you go and contact Palo Alto to get more information, don't hesitate to mention that you heard about it on Packet Pushers. As always, um, it would be helpful if you tell everybody about it, tell your friends, tell your enemies, talk about us on social media. It always helps us to be here. And as always, remember that too much technology would never be enough. <laughs>